Hi guys, this is just a quick note. The sound in this episode is not the greatest. And I just wanted to come on and let you know that um, I'm very sorry about it. We endeavor to produce um, high quality products for you, high quality episodes for you. Unfortunately, the recording on this one was just not great. But listen, the content is so good. Did not want you to miss out on this. So we decided to just release it anyway. And I hope you will be able to bear with us and just know that we are making steps to improve the sound quality in the next episodes. So thank you. Hello, you are listening to Africana Woman with Chulu. The Africana Woman is a live show that highlights our stories in our own words. We believe that to attract the lives that we truly desire, we must smash the culture of silence around the things that hold us back or keep us stuck. In our tribe, rest assured, you are not alone. The Africana woman is for you, by you, and about you, no matter where you are in the world. So the Africana woman highlighted this week is Lumba Kalumba from Zambia. I love Lumba. Each time I talk to her, I am just fascinated about the wealth of her knowledge and experiences. I cannot wait for you to get to know her. And this is only one side of her. Oh my gosh. So a little bit about Lumba. She has a degree in development studies and economics from UNSA, a diploma in human resource management and training. She also has a certificate in stress management and management of political parties. She has worked mainly in the NGO world for UNICEF, Danish Volunteer Service, in addition to consulting with Irish Aid, WHO, USAID, CARA Counseling, and St. Bonaventure University. Her interest in Zambian politics started in 1980, but she only became active in 1990, where she campaigned under MMD in Lusaka, Kafue, Chibombo, in Chilenge, Mwansabombwe, and Chienge constituencies. She was elected in National Executive Committee as the first female chairman for health in February 2011, where she beat three male contenders. She did leave MMD in November in 2011, and she was also asked to help to advise and campaign under UPND in 2016, which she declined. And she finally quit active politics in 2016. Listen, she has learned a lot of lessons and she has experienced different challenges along the way and these have been based on her principles her gender and ethnicity but you know what i need you to hear her story in her own words so today's topic as you might have guessed is african women in politics and culture let's get started so let's get started. I think let's start with an easy question. Um, is Zambia ready for a, a female president? I'm just joking. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we are. Okay. And why do I say that? Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of ethnic groups in Zambia are matrilineal. And what does that mean? The women are in the forefront. They make the decisions. Unfortunately, with colonialism, we became a patriarchal society. And that has just turned things upside down. Mm. But if you look at our traditions, our culture, the women, what the women say and do is so important. 
in all the, the ethnic groups that we have in Zambia, I think we only have two or three that are patrilineal. Mm -hmm. So I think it's long overdue um, from that sense, from the cultural sense and traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, there are different times now, and we've seen in other countries women are taking the forefront. If you look at the um, information that's coming out now where there are female-headed um, leaders in the world, um, Australia, New Zealand, and so on. Germany. Um, have Angela Merkel. Yeah. yeah, wonderfully. And even with the fight for corona, you find that where the women are the leaders, they are doing way better than the men. So it's high time men gave us, you know, they moved over and gave us a chance. Um, and when I say that, I put a qualifier. It's not all women that will be fantastic leaders. We really have to look for the best. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. Just You can't say all men are fantastic leaders. We will have good ones and bad ones. But we need to even the playing field to make sure that more women have an opportunity, that it's easier, remove the barriers that are there the violence, the verbal violence, the physical violence mm. that discourages a lot of women standing in politics. Mm. Mm. So take us back to why um, you have an interest in politics. What made you fascinated with it? What made you um, jump in and be part of it? Okay, um, like I said, you know, like you said in your introduction, in 1980, I was just in my Form 4, which is equivalent of grade 11, and I had traveled to visit my grandmother. And at that time, we had President Kaunda in office. It was a one-party state, and um, two things happened to me. The first thing was, as I traveled on the bus, to uh, Lukulu, which is in Western province, um, we were forced to buy political party cards. I was underage, I wasn't even eligible to vote, but in order for me to get a ticket to come back to Lusaka, I was told, if you don't have a party card, you won't get on the bus. And that was the only bus available coming back to Lusaka. And you're talking about 600 kilometers or something. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, obviously felt like a no-no. The second thing that happened to me in 1980, um, I was very privileged to go to uh, a fairly good school called the Dominican Convent, Osaka. And a lot of my friends' fathers, unfortunately, were implicated in the coup uh, of 1980, and they were locked up. Um, I don't know whether they were guilty or not, but what the government did to us was to round up all the Form 4 students to go to State House on a particular day, and I was one of them. And we went to State House for the first time. We were just excited to see Kaunda, to be in his beautiful uh, state uh, yard, and we see the lawns. I remember walking up to him and saying, for the lack of anything better to say, I just said, oh, what a wonderful garden you have. And, um, you know, we were happy to see friends from Kablonga boys, Kablonga girls, Kamwala. Um, and it was just like, oh, no class, we're having a free day. Mm. And they used transport to take us there. Mm. The following day, the headline was a screaming deadline saying, all the students in Lusaka say the coup plotters should be arrested and killed. Wow. Now, I was in that mm. some so-called coup plotters. I knew them. I knew that the, the, their daughters were classmates. They were friends. I knew their parents. And I was like, when did we say this? Because we were just having a good time. Mm. And that would be I realize that um, governments can lie, adults can lie, politicians can lie, 
And I think that's when, you know, my rebellious nature came up and said, I'm not going to stand for this. I grew up in a family where the truth was so important. My parents were not political, but they always told us to stand on the truth for ourselves and for others. And I, would, I really felt offended to be lumped with a group of people in the media saying our friends' fathers should be locked up. Mm. It was nonsense. Mm. So from that, and then also the, the experience of being forced to buy a, um, a unique party card mm. before I even had a voter card just made me anti-UNIP from that time. Um, obviously, I didn't have the opportunity to do anything because I was still finishing school. I went to university. Um, we, we were very anti-government at university, complaining about um, school fees and, and allowances and things like that. But it wasn't until 1990 when the wind of change started and multi-party democracy um, began in Zambia mm. that I started attending. I remember the first rally, I was at Pope Square, which is now the uh, Cathedral of uh, Child Jesus. Um, we were so many diverse people there sitting down on the ground, total strangers, and we just felt a sense of unity. There was no fear of who you were seated next to. And um, strangely enough, my current husband was in um, part of the group of people that were working towards multi-party democracy. Mm. So um, that you know, increased my interest even more. So really, that's that's how my my political um, interest started. That is so fascinating. That's so fascinating. Um, my grandfather was one of the cool um, plotters, <clears throat> and he recently passed. Really? Yeah. G Y Godfrey. Goodwin Yoramumba. Okay, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there was so many people. There was uh, Musakanyas, there were Chisangas, mm -hmm. there were all those people. And these are the people who, like I said, um, their children went to the same school that I did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's going on? You know, these are people's homes we had visited. Yeah. Um, some of these people were with my parents mm. so I couldn't understand what it was we also had the stories about Mushala that you remember the stories of yeah. children and stuff like that they created such demonic um, stories about him mm. you know being province I didn't know him personally but much later I got to know his son mm. um, and quite good friends with him and his wife and he told me his side of the story really and it, you know it, it just helped me understand that politicians do lie mm. and they do create stories in order to keep themselves in power mm. so you know i really wanted to fight against that and i said why should it be like this why can't we bring in a new breed of people who come and speak the truth and do what is right? Mm -hmm. Politics should be about service. It shouldn't be about you getting the income and sitting there and enjoying yourself at the expense of everyone else. Yeah. 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 And the women, we had Mama Kankasas and so on, uh, the firebrands we had, Machika Moneka and so on. And yes, they were given positions, but I feel many more women should have been given an opportunity. Mm. And right now, I think we are grossly underrepresented. At least give us 50%, for goodness sake. I know, 50% um, of the population. Are, uh, <laughs> women are multitaskers. One woman can do the work of more than five men. Mm. You know, you're a, you're a house director, 
you you are the food director you look after your husband you look after your children you do your day to day job you know you look after the sick um there's so many things that we can do and juggle and we st- we're still standing mm-hmm. and there's so many intelligent women out there who would love to serve but they are afraid to get into politics because of the culture of insults mm. the culture of violence mm. um and the idea that positions should be kept for men mm. who said so mm. Yeah, also the, I think there's also a stereotype that goes um around that you know especially for the women that are in higher ranking um positions that you 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 sort of have to sleep your way to the top, you know? I think that's a Exactly. We had the stories about the Mama Regionals eh? that for you to become Mama Regional in UNIP you must have slept with somebody to get to that position. Mm. And even female members of parliament for them to get into parliament or to even get a ministerial position there are rumors true or untrue that you know you have to sleep with you know the bosses mm. in order to get a position and it would never ever be the case. Mm. Um pick us on merit the same way they pick men let them pick us on merit mm-hmm. and give us a chance mm-hmm. yeah um when i stood um for a position in the national executive committee of mmd mm-hmm. um i stood against three men okay um i was to the list of people who had handed in their applications because my husband at the time was bowing out of political life okay. and he showed me the list and i said but these guys that you've put on the list to stand in these positions i can i can stand against these people mm-hmm. what's so special about them i can't do it and and, and i threw in my 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 my, my application mm-hmm. um, a lot of people were surprised expect me to do it I didn't have the resources they had. Mm. Many of them had been employees for a long time or they were well resourced, better resourced than I was. I went in with very a very minimum budget. Mm. But I managed to win and I'm so proud to win. And I had the support of the people of Luapula province. Mm. And I love the people of Luapula because I don't come from there. Mm, yeah. But they said you as if you are a person from Luapula by virtue of being married to somebody from Luapula. It's not common that that happens. Usually they would say go and stand in your home area if you are from western province go and stand in western province. Mm. But I stood on what they called at the time the Luapula ticket. Mm. And it was a group of Luapula strong men and women who put me up. There were three of us who were standing for positions, myself, late Kalombo Mwansa and um Mr. Mbula Kalima. I think he's still an MP for uh, one of the constituencies now. And we called ourselves the Mpundus, which is like the triplets. Mm. and we campaigned together as a team and we all went through and we all got positions on the executive oh, committee representing Luapula. I was so proud and I'm still proud today about that because one they didn't look at me as a woman they didn't look at me as a foreigner somebody coming from another place um my bemba is not fantastic but they said we feel you have the qualities that can help push our province um forward it's unfortunate i didn't stay in uh, in politics long enough but i had a serious conflict of interest mm-hmm. that i could not continue because i found myself surrounded with people who had completely different ideas mm-hmm. from what i had and i was like one person in a bowl of strangers mm. um and so we ended up parting ways 
not too nicely, but I I I, I gave my my best during the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what advice would you give to? Um, to young people, um, young women that are looking at the political parties uh, that are existent in their countries, but then they don't necessarily reflect their ideas, just the way you, um, you've you described, you know. So they're looking at, you know, their manifestos and they're thinking, well, the options are not the greatest. What would you, um, what would you recommend? Okay, um bit of a difficult question. For me, I have certain strong principles that I will not go against. Mm-hmm. I will not go against violence. I mean, I'll not stand up for violence, should I say. I will not stand up for lies. Mm-hmm. Um, I call things, as, I call a spade a spade. And anybody standing in political uh, office really should have principles and values that they stand for. Um, I was not always very vocal, but when I was asked, I spoke my mind without fear or favor. Mm. And I feel that anybody being in should be able to do that. It's important, however, um, in the current politics that we have, that you need to have people to support you because you can find yourself being the lone voice, even though you're speaking the correct language and doing the right things. If you don't have a group of people behind you, you have a, a, a group of clickers, you know, it won't work for you. Um, I'll give you a very simple example. Um, towards the end of my um, being in MMD, um, this is the time when Banda had lost election and before the elections, um, he had made a clique of an inner circle of people who were making decisions for all of us. We're about 60 of us on the executive committee. But he had hand-selected people who I would say he was more comfortable with. And they were, by and large, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir even though maybe they didn't agree with what he was saying or doing. There were some women there and there were some men men there. And decisions were made which messed up the whole campaign for MMD. Mm. For Luapula province, talk about um, what should have happened in the selection of candidates for who should stand we were supposed to sit as a whole executive committee, look at the list of applications and say, this person we feel can win. That person can win. This one is not so popular. We didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. They were handpicked, this clique group, based on loyalty, you know, and bootlicking. Mm-hmm. And as a result, only one person made it through. Mm-hmm. The rest went to the office at that time. And when we had what we call the post-mortem, we were told these things happen, Um, let's just forget about it, let's not go back and, you know, ask questions as to why we lost and this and that. Mm. And I refused to do that. And this is one of the reasons why I got into trouble because I spoke up and I said, when we were telling you that you've chosen the wrong people, did you listen? Mm. And the people told you had certain ideas and desires and needs to be met. Mm. Did you, the people, listen? You didn't. Mm. And how did they show you their action came through voting for the opposition. And I said, we could have won seats in Nwapula province if only they had listened. Mm-hmm. They selected people that the common voters did not want. But they didn't listen. And I said that very openly. And from that day, I noticed the president of the party 
was really upset with me and the machinations now came how can we get rid of this woman mm. you know she's she's causing problems she's a dissident she's not on our side she's not with us mm. um people like um Dora Celia Namugala mm. didn't like what i was saying mm. and um you would expect that women would support fellow women it doesn't happen like that in politics so unfortunately men support each other men can quarrel and fight today in politics tomorrow they'll be drinking a beer together and they'll support each other for the women in politics you know every woman for herself which is really really sad mm. because so few anyway and and if you cannot support the few women that are there how do you expect other women to come in mm. so see the polit- female politicians fighting for more female representation not just the men but we the women ourselves we need to fight and support each other mm. it has to start with us why should the men be the ones to support us if we don't support each other mm. Mm. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Hey sis, thank you for listening to Africana Woman with Chulu. This show is only possible because of your participation. These are your stories in your own words. There are actually two ways that you can be featured in the Africana Woman network. You can either be a guest blogger on the Africana Woman blog or a guest speaker on the Africana Woman podcast. If any of these interest you, please contact me on africanawoman@gmail.com to learn more about the procedures to be approved. Now, back to the show. So, what type of experiences did you have um in your um political life that were um affected directly by um culture so whether it was a positive experience or a negative experience what could you give us some examples of how um culture influenced your experience you know culture is a way of life mm-hmm. and it's a political culture that uh, was created where perhaps you you're expected to be tough you're expected to be violent verbally and physically you're not supposed to question things um which i felt was not correct and when i whenever i spoke out against that um i was usually carpeted um there was one time we had um an executive committee meeting mm-hmm. and someone raised a point about a particular individual uh who wanted to stand um in Kyenge constituency and a question came through to say is this the correct person to stand and somebody else comes up and says oh no we hear that this person is not the correct person the correct person is x and i knew that the person that they had mentioned was not popular mm-hmm. and that if they picked that person we would lose and i wanted to stand up and say that in the meeting because if i have the information i should share it we're all we're supposed to be equal in the commun- in the, the the executive committee immediately i raised my hand to say may i speak mm. a female member of parliament looks at me and tells me shut up out loud i looked at her <laughs> i looked at her and i I ignored her and I spoke to my provincial chairman and I asked him Mr chairman I want to say something and you know what I want to say I know something about Chiengi because that's my area I know more about area than many people in this room can I say something about who should stand in Chiengi and the chairman said to me don't say anything and i had to 
keep quiet and say, Mr. Chairman, I respect you. You're my chairman. For your sake, I won't say anything. Okay? And that moment passed. But I was proven right because when the election came, person X who they selected lost miserably. And like I said, when I mentioned it in the uh, post-mortem meeting, I brought it up and I said, when I wanted to say, don't put this person, don't field this particular candidate, I was told by someone in this room, I didn't mention the name, I was very polite. Someone in this room told me to shut up and the person looked down in shame. She was afraid that I might mention who she is. I didn't do so. So um, there was just silence. I mean, you could hear a pin drop, but I made my point. Mm. Unfortunately, not in my favor, but I made my point. And when I've said what I want to say, you know, that's it. Mm. I stand even today by my words. So that kind of bootlicking, um, refusing to acknowledge what is good for the party or the right decision that's been made just because so-and-so says don't do this or don't do that. It's not, that's not the way we should do our politics. We are in there to serve and to make sure we make the best choices for the people so that we can move forward. There's no party that wants to come out of power. Whoever, whichever party is ruling, we all want to stay in power, but it shouldn't be at the expense of the people. Mm. Unfortunately, the culture of politics we have, it's all about me, me, me. What am I getting out of it? Okay? And the people who vote for you very often don't get their views heard or respected, mm. which is very unfortunate. Yeah. I think, so, yeah. I think one of the, the things that really you need to have crocodile skin to be in politics in, 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 in Africa, in Zambia. Mm -hmm. um, don't go in with cuffs. Um, it's not easy. And you can see it. I mean, uh, you have so-called strong women and all of a sudden they come out. If you sit down and ask Sylvia Maseva why she come out of politics, mm. she'll have a story to tell you, mm. you know, um, right or wrong. She'll have a story. And I think a lot of women do have those stories. Um, and, and I wish as women we would support each other and try to work together to say, come on, we are mothers. We have that motherly instinct. Mm -hmm. But when we go into politics, we forget all that. Mm -hmm. Some of us are coming from religious backgrounds, different backgrounds, but when we enter into, enter into the political arena, we become political animals and we change. Mm -hmm. And it's all for me and myself. And that's really not what politics should be about. Um, the wind of change in 1990 was so beautiful it was an excellent moment, I miss it now it's politics of insults uh, defection you know I, I, I have to mention something um, when I was in MMD um, Honorable Nawakwe who is president of an opposition party President of FDP made mm -hmm. um, a statement that didn't go down with the ruling party at the time. Okay. And some very junior cadres came out and said, we will rape you for saying whatever it is that you said. And it was on the, you know, you can Google it. It was on the news, it was in the media. I, as an executive member of MMD, stood up and I said, that is wrong. Mm. You may agree with someone's opinion, 
but to voice verbal abuse and threats against a woman is unacceptable. And I don't care where she comes from. Mm. I will not support And a couple of people were upset with me for standing with her. I stood by her because she's a mother, she's a wife, she's a grandmother. And those young people who are making those comments came from the womb of a woman. Mm. Imagine that own sister, they say, somebody says, I'm going to rape you because I disagree with your views. I'm going to rape you because, you know, I don't like what you said about my president. It's wrong. Mm. What is wrong is wrong. Mm. So things like that, I don't mince my words. I never have, I never will. I don't believe in violence, whether it's verbal or physical. And these are the things, again, like I said, that discourage women. Because who wants to go in and be insulted? Even I was told at some point, don't come to the convention. We'll beat you up. You know? What? And nobody stood up for me. My national secretary uh, of the party for me. Males did not stand up for me. Females did not stand up for me. I was on my own. Mm. But I was being told, if you come to the convention, we will beat you up. If people can't see that that culture of verbal abuse and violence is wrong, then how can you how can you sit on the same table with such people? Mm. Okay. What do you what do you think is the root of you know the political culture that is prevalent today? Where did it come from? Why? Um, yeah, where did it come from? Like, it's spreading so fast and, you know, it's spreading like wildfire. But, you know, what is the root? Where did this come from? Okay, our political behavior, we tend to mimic our leaders. Mm. Um, if you remember in the time of Kaunda, Kaunda uh, you know, no, res- no disrespect to the, uh, Papa Kaunda. Kaunda used to like saying stupid idiots, stupid idiots mm-hmm. to people who were against him. Okay? And it became a laughing matter and some people would even use that against people who they thought were against UNIP. Mm-hmm. You are a stupid idiot. Okay? Come in Chiluba, uh, Frederick Chiluba. He is one person whom, and correct me if I'm wrong, I never heard him insult anybody. Mm. He may not have agreed with other people's opinions, but he never insulted people. Okay? Then you have the late Manawasa who came in and he started saying, I hate Bembas. All Bembas are thieves. Okay? Now, if you're a politician, and you're a member, and you're being called a thief, whether you're a thief or not, the other junior members will say, oh, these thieves, these thieves, they have stolen money, those, this. It becomes the whole party machinery takes up that language because that's what the leader has, has said. It's a political culture, political behavior, which is being encouraged. Mm. The idea of Insulting heads of state came in with the the, the social media and um, the, 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 the newspapers that came in. We had the Post newspaper where a president would be insulted left, right, and center mm. just because they didn't agree with whatever it was he was doing. You know, any uneducated person can insult. Mm. It's not hard to insult. But it takes somebody with a brain to be able to look at something and say, this particular idea is not correct for these reasons. You don't have to use bad language Mm. to make your point. 
And so unfortunately, we seem we still seem to be flowing in that culture of insults, verbal abuse, violence. Okay. Um, we need to change that. We were known as a very peaceful country in the 70s, 80s, and 60s. How many people from South Africa, Zimbabwe, Namibia can tell you stories about how they were welcomed into Zambia and felt comfortable? We went to school with these people. We didn't care where they came from. I had so many people in my class, I didn't even know they were foreigners until their countries became independent. And then they started changing their names. Mm. Oh, I'm going, where are you going? I'm going to Zimbabwe, I'm going to South Africa, I'm going to Namibia. Oh, but why? That's where I come from. Oh, but I always thought you were Zambian. Tribe was not an issue. Where a country where you came from was not an issue. And the peace that we had, we are slowly eroding that away. And that's really, really sad. Mm-hmm. It is sad because we are lucky we never went to war, physical war, mm-hmm. to get our independence. Mm-hmm. If we don't have the tide now, we will end up in some kind of war. Mm-hmm. Now it's fanaticism. If you are not with me, then you are against me. No. Every single human being has an opinion. I I like to say we all have noses, just like we have opinions. Mm. My nose may be big, small, black, whatever, ugly, but it's mine. Mm. And I respect your opinion. Let's agree, disagree. And if you want to change my opinion, Use language, communicate, not with violence, not with threats. That I I don't agree with at all. Mm, mm. So I don't know if it's... Um, I think I've only seen, really seen this, uh, I guess, a uh, uh, wave of cadres. Where did this start from? Like here in Zambia, you know, cadres is always, oh, the cadres are doing this, the cadres are doing this. But I, I don't really think I hear about, you know, um, cadres taking over in other countries. Again, it has to do with the ruling parties and the leadership of um, opposition parties or, okay. because they are the ones yeah. How would you define that set the tone. How would you define that? If you look at UNIP, we had what we called Mwangwazi. Okay. They were, every president then comes in, they have different names. Mwangwazis, okay? In the UNIP time, we had spies. You could have a, a housemaid, gardener, you know, people of low level who would be spying on others mm-hmm. and people would lose jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and they were given a lot of credence by UNIP. Mm-hmm. MMD came in with their own group. Um, PF came in and they also started their own group. Um, even the uniform they are wearing, um, you see that they, they, now they, they are even wearing what looks like some kind of military uniform, mm. okay? Um, when they're in the buses, whether it's UPND versus PF. And the majority of these are men. Mm. It's not the women, it's the men. Now, in such a situation, where people are using their physical power to show that we are ruling or we want to take over. Which woman would want to jump into that? Mm. I am not a strong person. Even taught me karate today, I'm not a physically violent person. And I don't want to be involved in that kind of thing. And I think most women don't want that. Mm. But this is what frightens women from getting involved in politics. It's not necessary. Mm. Um, in South Africa, 
Africa, it wasn't um, men alone. When you had Mkonto, Wesizwe, there were men and women who were fighting for the freedom of South Africa. In Zimbabwe, you had men and women fighting, okay? The majority may have been men or not men and so on, but they were not pushed on the outskirts. Here, I feel the women are really disenfranchised in that sense. And you can see in, in parliament, if you look at the parliament of South Africa, they have 30% automatic representation has to be women. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of powerful women. Look at Winnie Mandela's um, and so many people uh, uh, with his doctors, Glamini, Zuma, and so on. They've come up. They are not threatened the way we feel threatened here in Zambia. And we need to claim our right as Zambian women to say, hey, you guys, enough is enough. We have something to offer. And the men know we do have something to offer. But they need us out. And we as women need We've got the women's lobby that has been trying for a long time to say, wherever there's a woman, let's support her. But it has to go beyond that. It's not just any woman. It's a woman with vision, with um, intelligence, with integrity. Because you might pick a woman who is not a good woman then you are not getting anywhere. And unfortunately, we are uh, judged more harshly by our fellow women than even by the men. And when a woman falls down, mm. the men say, oh, ho, look at that. Mm. We really need as women to support each other, use positive reinforcement, use good language, support each other, and try to increase the number of intelligent women who can speak out for the masses. Mm. We have a lot. I'm so happy now we are seeing, even in the business community, more ladies are taking up big positions, managing directors of banks mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. You know, Zanako, for the first time in 60-something year, years, finally has a female MD coming in. This is what we need. We have a vice president. Hey, we need a president, a female president as well. We need more ministers to come in. We need more political advisors coming in. Let's even out the game. Mm. Mm. And there's a pool of intellectuals that are available to do this work if only they can be considered. Mm. And when we are in positions of let's pull out. Mm -hmm. um, let's pull out. Mm. I think in as much as we will, you know, it's we want to say that women, we should support each other. I also think men also play such an important role in, you know, supporting women, in protecting women. Like the stories you've told are absolutely unacceptable that, you know, in the presence of so many people that not even one person can stand up and say that is wrong. And I think just as human beings in general, we need to be able to support each other and do the right thing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it's a joint effort. Mm. It is definitely a joint effort. Women support each other and men should support. Just the same way we support the men, let them also start supporting us mm. and let them give us the respect. People are coming from homes. They were brought up by their mothers, for goodness sake. Which man disrespects his mother? If you have respect for your mother, have respect for every other woman on the planet. Mm. Um, even from a biblical perspective, look at how Jesus gave respect to women. He respected his mom. He respected Mary Magdalene, who became literally one of the disciples, although she's not 
counted as one of the 10 because of the culture of the time. But she has a role that she played. And that was a sign to show that men and women can work side by side together and do something for the good of the whole country. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have come to the end of the hour. So many interesting stories. I always, I'm always very um, intrigued and interested with the stories you have to tell. Um, thank you so much for um, taking the time to have this conversation and tell us your experiences. It has been so interesting, so enlightening. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, Chulu. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> hmm. That was an interesting conversation with Lumba about politics in Africa. Well, the case study was Zambia. To be honest, I was horrified. How can African women really feel safe in the political space when we are not supported by both men or women? We have to do better, guys. You know, okay, I'm supposed to be journalistic and, you know, not have any opinions, but come on now. This is about our political leaders. Okay, here are my three takeaways. Number one, the political climate is a reflection of the leader. Number two, politicians should embrace eloquence and persuasive speech. Number three, women and men need to work together to make politics a safe environment for women to thrive in. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Snitcher, Pandora, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Click that subscribe button. You will be helping us so much if you first subscribed, gave us a five-star rating, and then reviewed the podcast. We love to hear what you thought about this episode. I personally love talking with you guys. So please come on over to my social media at Chulu by Design. Or you can join the Africana Woman Tribe. This is a Facebook group and we can dive deeper into this topic. So see you next week for the next episode. Please remember, my hope is that you love yourself, flaws and all, and attract the life that you desire. This has been a production of Ulendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com. Mm-hmm.